both of them stay and they fucking pull that off. There's just no way. Why would he want to? Why would he want to go back and play with Harden though? Wasn't there last that he wanted to get away from Harden? Yeah, and I also think vice versa. I think <laughs> I just don't. I don't know what he. I don't. I thought. I, so I thought they didn't like each other in OKC, and then, you know, I thought it was Russ and Harden who were boys, but that didn't work out in Houston. And now, you know, Brooklyn, we saw Harden, KD, and Kyrie didn't work out, and now he wants to play with Harden again. I also thought it was kind of funny that him saying his preferred landing spots were the, the Sixers and the Celtics and then said that he would he wants to play with a guy like Marcus Smart. It's like not Tatum or Brown. I don't know, I don't know man. Shit makes my blood boil. Well, boys, I just started we're this because it. we were already having a great I conversation. Know, I, about I love doing that sometimes just to throw, like see if Dunny catches it. I don't know if I've done that with Amari on here before. So Amari just got sneak, my sneak attack with like a chair shot to the back there. But we're back here. Amari McPherson here. Thank you for joining us. As always, recurring guest on the show. As always, yes. Jake Michael with Donovan Holden. Um I mean, we're talking about the obvious. Kevin Durant, I've been very dramatic about this meeting. This we've been here. Didn't remember we were I think last week we were even like prefacing the meeting yeah. happening. The fact that we have such a meeting dialogue, that shows you where we are with the NBA in the summer. But it actually came out with more news. We got some answers because mm-hmm. apparently Kevin Durant really he's really serious about this trade request. He's not joking, unless Steve Nash and Shaw Marks. Uh, get canned so it's an issue with owner with not with ownership i should say with the management and evidently the head coach so here's my theory guys and amara i'm gonna throw it to you for first after this i really think the beef is with sean marks more than anything else i think that's who the issue has been with the whole time and i don't know if that's the obvious thing or not but i think nash maybe nash isn't a good coach and i would believe that to be honest i mean it's his first job and he's put in a pretty horrible situation for all things considered first job pressure wise and getting to work with the talent he's had a mask whatever else but marks is also boys with steve nash too like marks has loyalty to steve i don't where is like steve nash's loyalty is honestly the most interesting thing to me in this or is he just kind of at the point where it's like whatever happens happens and i'm gonna make my tiktoks and i'll be happy (laughs) amari oh you're muted bro There we go. There we go. You hear me the whole time. I've been having trouble with it anyway. But yeah, I was was saying he makes more TikToks because, I mean, that's certainly entertaining because, I mean, we know (laughs) he has a sense of humor. We just need to see it more, especially if it's not on a burner. But, you know, that's whole news. But um, yeah, uh, Sean Marks, um, I definitely think it is with him. And Steve Nash is definitely kind of collateral damage, if you will, because if you think the GM, I mean, he's the one that picks the coach anyway. And not only that, he's stuck by Steve Nash this whole time. I mean, Steve Nash has kind of been thrown under the bus before even his first game from Kyrie's comments before last season um, with them not even needing a coach. So, I mean, I wonder who's going to run the team then, just you guys? So, I don't know. But um, definitely with Sean Mark. So, I mean, we'll see what ownership does. He already came out and said that they're going to stick with the GM and the head coach. But Kevin Durant has, what, four years left on his contract? So, I mean, it's like, what what are you going to do? 
And, you know, sure, maybe you could sit out, but then have fun not playing while you're also getting older trying to win another championship. So we'll see how that works out. If it goes to training camp, like, I just – I want to know how, like, I still don't feel like he's serious. That's where I'm at with it, though. Like, is it really a better situation? I, I, I think mean, I guess it is. I guess. You come out and say it's the GM, head coach, or me, and <laughs> I guess I'm like, I think you're pretty serious, no that's matter how true. ridiculous that sounds. It is pretty ridiculous. Like, yeah. it's it's a pretty bold stance to come Very out with, bold. even though it's not really him. Like, it's, right. like, it's through shams and everything else. But what were you going to say, Donnie? No, I was just going to say – uh, I'm in agreement that it must be pretty serious because, you know, outside of those comments getting out, like think about the team that the Brooklyn Nets actually have aside from all the drama. Like that's that's his best chance to win. I think regardless of if he ends up next to uh, Devin Booker and Chris Paul, regardless if he ends up next to Jason Tatum in Boston, I think if him and Kyrie could, you know, grow up, put their differences aside and, you know, Maybe I shouldn't say grow up because I don't know what's happening behind closed doors. Maybe it is that bad. I don't believe that right now, but it could be. But I think if Kyrie and KD can put their differences aside, you know, maybe they do have to move on from Steve Nash. If that's the case, um, I don't think they're going to move on from Sean Marks, at least this year. So if they can put those differences aside, I think any landing spot for KD is worse than him returning to Brooklyn with Kyrie. They have some of the best role players in the league. Role players fit for a championship roster. The two of the best, I'd say two of the top five offensive players in the league in, in Kyrie and KD themselves. Uh, and then you have Ben Simmons, who's another wild card, another wrench thrown into this whole mess because we don't even know where he's at as far as playing and liking these guys, liking the coach, liking the management. All those things aside, this is why I think it must be serious because – you would think it'd be a no-brainer to return to Brooklyn and run this thing back. Obviously, you know, it's been pretty ugly the last two years, but it must be serious. There must be some actual feelings hurt or some actual relationships that don't work because why not return to the Brooklyn Nets um, and try to get all this drama behind you? Or maybe they're just in too deep and KD fears that he looks foolish and wants to get out. Yeah, really quick. Like you were saying, the difficult part about this whole thing is what other alternative does he have? Because like we were just saying before the show went live, this is the best roster that he has because no matter where you you go or no matter where you want to go, you're Kevin Durant and you have four years left on your contract. So the team that you want to go to, they're going to have to give up some type of asset. Exactly. To get you. So that's going to offset whatever big roster you think you're going to play with. This isn't OKC again. This isn't Brooklyn from last year before James Harden got traded. Whatever team that you go to, you're going to have to give up somebody in order to get you. And not to say that that roster is going to be depleted, but it'll, it could definitely possibly hurt whatever championship hope that you have going into next summer. And they have to make the money work. Like you mentioned, you mentioned the four-year contract. So even if it is, you know, certain players going out the door, it might be even more than that to make the money work down the road. Because obviously if you're trading for KD, you want him for all four of those years. Mm-hmm. You, you don't want the same yeah, thing to happen so. where he requests yeah. another trade. You're going to have to give up um, some type of established star or multiple draft picks. I mean, yeah, not everybody is saying F those picks. But, you know, if, if you don't want to deplete your whole roster and your, deplete your whole future, I mean, it's not really going to work out. So you might as well go back to Brooklyn at this point, even if he's already thrown the GM and head coach under the bus again. Does he just really want to play with Jason Tatum? 
I, I don't know, man. All right, let's. I don't know. Should we get Should we get into the Celtics <laughs> ordeal? Yeah. Um, let's, oh, okay. Yeah. No. Right, I don't. I, was gonna, I don't think it, I don't think it's an ordeal from your side. I think KD really just wants to play with Jason Tatum. I believe Celtics. that. I, I, I believe that. That's that. That's, that's that. That only can be because Shams. Well, he said he wants to play with Smart, too, and he has a good relationship with Ime. Like, I believe that it might be a destination for him. Go ahead. In the McAfee interview, Shams had a little slight comment that everybody, like, like, tweets-wise and whatever, wise I don't think this part out. He said, as the last time, as much as I know, the Celtics are not willing to part ways in any way with this deal. Well, that's why I get nothing from the Celtics. Because that's never the headline. No, never, never the headline. Never, ever. And I know that. And like uh, people who are tuned into the Celtics organization know that. But Shams, Woj, all the stories from The Athletic, like they they just won't put that. They'll they'll put it in their stories, but it will be at the very bottom, nowhere near the headline. And anything that's clipped from the McAfee show or clipped from sports that are ESPN, you know, any of those shows. It's not. It's not going to be clipped. That part won't be there. That's and like you said, in a very short breath, but in the same breath. He, he, it was, he it was right after he was talking about yeah. it. He was like, as far as I know, blah, blah. I was oh, like, it's right, crazy, man. Like, here we go. But it, it's, it is just a, uh, a good lesson in sports media nowadays, I guess, in general. But I do think there's a thing with Durant, at least, like really wanting to just play with Tatum. And it makes a lot of sense from his yeah. side, I guess. I mean, it'd be Tatum's a better running mate than Kyrie would be, like a million times better. That's the best it case just, scenario. Just on availability alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that part just on games played. Yeah. I was Grant, just thinking Grant about Williams is a better players. running mate at th- at this point. <laughs> <laughs> That's just crazy. No. Yeah, jokes, jokes there, but um, I mean, and when I get like worked up and upset, and I feel like people what I what I'm trying to say when I say that I don't want. Durant and Boston, I don't want them because of the circumstances. Uh, I was having this conversation the other day. Like, of course, you know, if Sean Marks really meant what he said about how he wants veteran guys who are willing to play hard in return, like if we give him Grant Williams, Al Horford, and Derek White and a bunch of picks, like obviously any Celtics fan would do that. I'm just saying I'm not I'm not here to watch the Celtics who are two games away from the NBA finals and who just built this, you know, brought in a few championship rotation guy uh, type players this off season. I'm not here to watch them blow that up for a guy who I'm sorry. I love Katie. He's one of my favorite players. He just has not been loyal to a team his entire NBA career. I mean, he has a four year deal and he's asking out. Yeah, he's like I real, said, he's the real millennial superstar. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody thought it was broad. I was like, no, it's KD, bro. <laughs> no, it is KD. And, you know, like I said before, I don't know what's happening behind closed doors, but all I can go off of is what I'm seeing, what I'm reading, what I'm hearing. I, I, if, if that means parting ways with Jalen Brown, that is not the superstar I want in return. I don't even think there's a guy in the league or a package in the league that a team could give us right now that would, you know, return the value of what Jalen Brown's going to give us. John Morant. I don't think Memphis would do that, but like, yeah, it would have to be something like that. I'm saying for you. Yeah. I mean, that's Memphis. Memphis is never trading John Morant. That's the bar. That's That's where it would start. And I still, as call me crazy, I still don't know if I would do that. Another, another point to what you're trying to say. I mean, I think we all can 
fairly say that we know that Jason Tatum is a better player than Jalen Brown. But you're coming mm-hmm. off, like you said, the NBA Finals in which Jalen Brown was the better player. So you're talking right. about getting rid of the better player in the finals that you were just in in order to get KD, which, again, and just like KD. He's obviously better than both of those guys. But, I mean, you, you just don't know what's going to happen because getting rid of Jalen Brown and whoever else you may get rid of, what is that going to do for the roster going into next season? Because that can ruin all types of chemistry. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I was gonna say the psyche of a team like that, like that's and, and it's in in a fragile, like not a doesn't. I'm not necessarily a fragile spot, but I can't think of a better word. Like in a position where you there's gonna be different type of pressure this year going on to them just yeah. naturally from how close they got. That's just. I also think fragile, like kind of is a fair word just because of the thing i mean i guess they've been 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 through yeah they're a fragile team when it comes to sense like anyways yeah i mean since the jays played their first season together it has been fragile like there's been so many times where it's felt so close uh you know a superstar away we bring in gordon hayward he snaps his leg first game of the year kyrie irving experience from that point on did not work out kemba walker obviously you know I don't think people were as hyped, you know, as the Kyrie thing, but everyone was like, oh, the Jays are a year, a year older. We have another scoring point guard. We have the rotational guys uh, fell short again. You know, the bubble was disappointing. Conference finals, everyone was still like, oh, the, the young Jays made a conference final. The year after, disappointment. We get rid of Kemba. We have this amazing year. It feels like we got, you know, I mean, it doesn't feel like we did get as close as we've gotten with this group. I think it is fragile. I think you make a move like this with Durant, if it flops, you you gave up a 10-year window of where you could repeat close to what you did last year for the next 10 years for what? Two two years of this same KD? You know, I'm not saying he won't be good for all four years on his contract. I don't know if he'll be around for all four years of his contract. And I think there's one, two years max where he's still better than Jason Tatum. I think two years time from now he will not be better than Jason Tatum. That might That's be a hot take. That might be biased. Uh, it's, it'll at be least, close. At least if they trade KD with Jalen Brown, he won't have to get a new number. That's true. That's true. Seven yeah. For seven. <laughs> No, that's we'll good too if you believe in like that's a good number most times people like yeah. the lucky number seven so it seems like maybe it'll work out for both Kyrie and Jalen Brown would be the most interesting pairing oh that would back forever you you know <laughs> Kyrie Jalen might try to kill him I don't know I feel like Kyrie would get on that whole Kanye West action and, and he Yo, would do you he see would those sign. glasses today yeah though? JB was out there looking like an alien with those things on. <laughs> It was like a superhero costume. It kind of fits J- J- didn't fit the mask. JB kind of belongs in that fashion scene, though. You know, he already has his whole juice brand rolling. Um, I like it. I, I feel like, and it's usually just old heads on like Boston radio who are like, "Uh oh, JB is going to lose his mind. Like he's doing business <laughs> with Kanye." That just sounds like a smart businessman. <laughs> Kanye is worth a billion dollars. That I just say, yeah. that just makes sense. <laughs> and JB is put up. I said this yesterday because so. Our friend Brett so it was like, how, how does Gap is so random? I said, Gap is it's Gap because they're the only ones who are willing to give him the money and put up with his shit. I bet yeah. a lot of people will put up the money, but it's also letting Kanye uh, do whatever Kanye. I can't imagine what working with him in a fashion place is also like. Gap is probably on deadline. the way out. You think he hits his deadlines? Uh, I don't know <laughs> if it's any indication about his music, then no, that's what I'm but. Saying. <laughs> 
That's what I'm saying. They're just waiting on the Kanye. But they're probably Kanye like for like seven months. Like what are we? They doing? probably put up with it. Kanye, the summer collection. It's it's October, bro. Like all right. I have meat. I have two questions that I want us to go around the horn on before we get past the uh, the Nets drama here. I want the first one. I want to go around and say where we think KD will play next season what team he'll be on, and then, you know, a brief, you don't have to say exactly what you think the package would be, or if you think he's returning to Nets, obviously no package. Um, but, yeah, the team we think he's going to land on, what the package looks like, then go from there. And then the second question is, I say we go through Kyrie, Ben Simmons, and KD and say where we think each – or I guess at this point it would be just uh, Kyrie and Ben Simmons and where we think they're going to play as well. Okay. So Jake started off, then we'll go to uh, Mari, then I'll go. The Boston Celtics for Jalen. No, I'm kidding. Um, I don't there. even know. <laughs> I was, I, there was like a 10 minutes today. There was 10 minutes today where I was like, I don't know, man. Jason Tatum and Kevin Durant. It, w- it would be fun. It really would. It would be. I, but that's the, the thing. I, like, I wouldn't be mad about it, but I would be so sad for JB. <laughs> no, I know. The circumstances suck. And Jay, that's like, yeah. It's and a KD hard. Celtics jersey would go hard, man. I would have to add it to my selection. If they lost to the Heat, if they lost in Game 7, would you feel better about it? Yes. You okay. mean if the Celtics had lost yeah. to the Heat in if, Game if 7, everything, never made world, it to the finals? The world, everything else in the world is the same. The Warriors beat the Heat in 6. And the Celtics never made the final. Mm. Yeah, I'd be more inclined to listening okay. to all this. There's nothing wrong you. with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's just it is it is it does change. Like making the finals, it does, does change the circumstances of the team. Yeah, because um, then that whole argument about them being two wins away it, it means nothing. I, it doesn't exist. It's gonna be the Raptors, bro. I said that a couple weeks ago. <laughs> They're gonna put up Scotty. You you trade Scotty Barnes for fucking yeah, Kevin trade, Durant every you trade day. Scotty Barnes. Masai is just trying to finesse it as long as he can. But bro, Kevin Durant and like Pascal and Fred Van Fleet and the way that that team they could build that team it's going to be discussed. We've seen it happen already, right? Like I was going to say, you think they that. would know that they're able to do that? They Trade, they did it with Kawhi he's already. He's just posturing. He's just waiting. He doesn't need to drop the Scotty Barnes bomb until somebody else offers a better player. And I don't think anybody else has. Scotty's nice player. too. So I, that's I'm, I'm going talk with the about him later. I'm going with the all right. Amari, what do you got for KD? Uh, I think he goes back to Brooklyn. I just don't see any other trade package that's going to work out unless it's some type of multi-team, multi-player deal that really shakes up the whole league. But I think he goes back to Brooklyn at this point, especially because, as we've always stressed, he has four years left in his contract. So, I mean, the team really holds all the cards right now, no matter how bad KD says he wants out. Um, But for the team that they would have if he does stay, um, I mean, KD, Ben Simmons, and Kyrie – I don't think they're better than Philadelphia, but I think they're a decent team and they probably can make some noise in the playoffs, but it just depends. Like we talk about Kyrie's availability. We talk about Ben Simmons, his mentals and maybe his injury history. He did just have back surgery. Poor Ben Simmons, bro. Yeah, I know. He's kind of like an afterthought at this point, but I mean. I just just want us to think that whenever we talk about Ben Simmons anytime on this show, ever again, or I'm just going to bring it up the rest of my life when we talk about Ben Simmons. 
is that there's like an argument to be made and it's always about like we talk about like quarterbacks and football a lot like the system and the organization and the structure you go into matters as much mm. as anything and ben simmons went into a team that wanted to lose so are you calling straight. him a system quarterback <laughs> yes ben simmons is definitely a system quarterback and shit that system in philly wasn't working and i don't know what his. i think his system includes a lot of uh Cod, unfortunately, like with Kyler. That's Murray. the thing. I think it. I, I don't think that it didn't work. I think that it did. Just something he just got in his head for whatever reason. Because there's no yeah. way that that team should have lost to Atlanta. I mean, they're okay. Well, they had to blame somebody. That's the thing is they had to blame somebody. Doc wasn't going to blame Joel. Doc, Joel yeah, Doc wasn't, wasn't taking Doc. it again. Doc wasn't yeah, taking yeah. it that time. No, and he was an easy target because as he should have been blamed for what he did. But like I said, up until that point, to me, it, it was working. It was just. It was working. What is he going to do to get better? And that was that was the problem. He wasn't really getting better at what he was already good at or the things that he could work at. But it was working. When you make the playoffs basically every year and you're an all-star, it's working. Yeah, they also had, like, the best excuse in the world. Like, their whole motto was trust the process. Like, they could have just rolled that into the ground. They could have kept saying it. Philly fans made new shirts every year that said trust the process. They were buying in. The, the reason it went sour is because the, the players and the coach let it go sour. Literally, as soon as they lost, Doc and Joel, which I think on the court it was mostly Ben Simmons and why they lost that series. But the reason that the, they need to blow up the team and the reason the whole thing went sour is because Doc and Joel threw him under the bus right after the game in the press conference. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah. and if they felt that way, fine. But – I mean, they, they kind of ruined the whole thing. I, I think that's when it went sour is in that moment after the game. I think Ben deserves a lot of the blame. Um, it, it seems to me that he's not as invested as a lot of basketball teams would want him to be. And maybe that stemmed from, you know, the way his he saw that his peers thought about him. But, yeah, I, I, I'm with you, Amari. I think, I think it was working. I mean, only one team can win the championship every year. Like you said, he was an all-star. They were getting to the playoffs consistently. It must be something in his head where he he doubts himself or he thinks the people around him doubt him. Um, but I guess I guess it's my turn to, to guess my KD prediction no, he here. Um, I saw something that resurfaced today, and this is – I think this is like a dark horse, but I would honestly like to see it. I think he's going to New Orleans. Oh, I think you think they're going to th- give up Ingram, though? Do they really I want do. to give up Ingram? Okay. Oh, I think they should. I think they'd that's, be stupid not to. That's the next KD, apparently. Yeah, well, but, yeah right. <laughs> uh, Zion worries me still. I just want to see him play play a game of basketball. But the second he plays a game of basketball, his his value goes intrinsically up right away because mm-hmm. then we we've, we have the proof that he's back. But, I think the package would be uh, Ingram, Devontae Graham, CJ McCollum, and like a pick or two. Because I think McCollum and Brandon Ingram are, you know, I don't. I think if you have those two guys in a deal, you don't have to throw in many picks. Um, I, th- I think they're they're both very high value. Both have a lot of a lot left in the tank. And speaking of Brandon Ingram being the next KD, I still can't get over one of the funniest things I saw from Brandon Ingram's first year. They were like, Brandon Ingram's Kevin Durant if he had Wiz Khalifa's tendencies. And it's just Brandon Ingram's draft picture, like him looking high as hell and <laughs> having KD's game, but like That's a little, hilarious. obviously not as polished. Uh, I still can't get, get that out of my head every time I think about Ingram and KD. But yeah, yeah. I think Dark Horse Pelicans for, for our friend Kevin Durant here. 
So if you could put KD on any team just for fun, like he just gets to go somewhere, what is the most fun place though? And this could be sabotaging KD because you're tired of him. Whatever. Just like, a, but a realistic anyway. trade would have to work. No, like people would. Have, no, I just like. Oh, I mean, it would be the Celtics. Be a ridiculous trade. <laughs> it would be the Celtics. It would be keeping the it's two Js and, and having KD. Smart and Bert and everybody else, basically. Yeah, yeah. Keep Rob. Keep Smart. Keep the Js. Get KD. Everyone else. Just whatever. Drop him in there. Yeah. I it. think that I mean to me that's obviously biased, but yeah, I that's think that'd fair. be the funnest. That's fair. Well, that's a good take. Mari, so you gonna say the Cavs though? Because I was thinking about the Cavs. You know, I, I thought that, but when you say for the most fun, as much as I hate it for obvious reasons, I would say the Warriors. We would hear about but the thing is basketball would turn into could you imagine how much Warriors coverage there would be every day? Right. It would be yeah. nuts, bro. It'd be like the I would, and I would hate every would single be... second of it, but <laughs> it, it is be that is it. that is very fun. I was thinking like Sacramento would be like just the funniest place for him to end up. Like Sacramento just sells like every first round pick or something, <laughs> and De'Aaron Fox, and they're like, all right. I'm, I mean, you might as well put them back in OKC. They have first round picks for the next eighty years. So I mean, him and Chad. I was thinking, him and Russ. That's what needs to happen with this three, oh, four team trade. You get the Nets, you get OKC, you got Utah, you got the Lakers, and somehow Russ and KD end up. Oh my Dude, god, Utah! Kidding. Put him in Utah. <laughs> I nearly oh oh, Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge would die of a of a happy heart attack if if he landed KD, bro. He's been trying to do that since 2016. <laughs> what if what oh if the Bucks God. offered Middleton, Holiday, like Middleton, Holiday, every first round pick they basically have, and something else? I think and the, you have Giannis and KD. The Bucks win the next else. three championships, and <laughs> KD rides off into the. Sunset. I would honest, if I'm Milwaukee, I would really think about off doing that. Because I would Drew Holiday is an older guard, and you both know at least I think at this point how much I feel about older guards. Like I would rather sell early than not. It's like running backs with me at this. They point. got rid of a lot of first round guard. picks to get Drew though, didn't they? They did. They would have to get rid of a lot more <laughs> picks than they would probably initially want to. But you would be like the favorite of, for the title for the next four years. Yeah, no it would what. have to be like Portis, Middleton, and that's Drew. a good deal. That's a good deal. Maybe send Lopez win, back home. Send Lopez back about home. All this stuff with the Nets too, about like Joe Sai, like Nets culture stuff and everything. Oh, we want to be competitive, but we want Nets guys to do it the bad, right bro. way. All that stuff. I know, but I'm just saying. Like this is like <laughs> this is what Nets fans like talk about. Like oh, with you know. When we were the eight seed and had D'Angelo Russell, like everybody's was so happy because it seemed like it was good chemistry, all that stuff. Middleton and Holiday would be the perfect guys to bring that along. Now them dealing with Kyrie Irving would be another thing. But apparently the Lakers are ready to trade for Kyrie Irving now. I saw that from the athletic Lakers writer, is that they're apparently willing to give up the extra additional picks for Kyrie if they want to now. So I still don't think that the the Nets don't have a reason to do that unless they actually trade KD. So yeah, it's a lot. Of, I, um, a lot of what is. I do think the Bucks would be. A, uh, they they should think that, about that but I might be on board that that that'd probably be the funnest. I think one, they, two, three for me would be because I'll put Celtics three because that's just like my bias and what I want would want in like a perfect world. I think one, two, three though would be a reunion with Russ and KD and OKC is number one, two Milwaukee Bucks, uh, and then three Celtics for me. Uh, do you guys so the more i think about it i, I know i said i was going to ask you guys about simmons and kyrie here 
I'll, I'll go first with this one because it's pretty easy for me. I just wanted to get your opinion. I like that you brought up the the you know Kyrie to LA talks aren't dead yet. Um, I th- I think Kyrie is going to be a Brooklyn net. I also think Ben Simmons is going to be a Brooklyn net. However, I think they play a combined fifty games. Jeez. Who plays more? Ben. Kyrie is going. You, you know what though? It wouldn't. To be, I mean, we all, we all talk about how smart Kyrie is, how intellectual he is, whatever. It wouldn't be smart for him to play as I'm not. I don't want to say as little as possible, but it would be smart for him to play as much as possible. That's going true. Into next the contract. Well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure if maybe you get some type of motivated Kyrie that'll really make the difference Bro. between last year and this oh year. God. But I mean, it it really should just work out for him to play as much as he can because. As we saw last year, even in games that he did play, even, you know, considering how much time he missed, I mean, he still played at an all-star level. So, I mean, you get that for 70 games, I think Brooklyn will take that. I think I'm on the Kyrie is going to light it up bandwagon just because of what you just said. He's he's only going to up his value at that point. You know, Donnie, you know I've heard talk about this so many times. I love my contract year players. That is a a great point. point. Kyrie is going to go crazy this year because he wants a max. Well, he contract. should, or he should want yeah, to. Be. He the thing he is, that's that's what that. he should be striving for. Who knows? But this guy, is but really you're right. This is, he should. This is the he most desperate position. If we're really being real about that, though, this is the most desperate position he's ever been in. He's had. Oh yeah, he hasn't. Time. He has never he had been in desperate. Yeah, he had leverage over the Cavs because he knew LeBron was leaving in a year. He had leverage over the Celtics because he blew them up, and they knew he just wanted they, he wanted them to get rid of him. And I mean, he, he had the whole Celtics fan base in the palm of his hand. I'm, <laughs> I'm pissed at what he did, but he had us, bro. Like, he did. And he had leverage up until he took that player option because no matter what, he could find a way to return to the Nets. Whether he got traded or not, he always had the option to opt in and stay and wait another yep. year. Now this is really – that's a great point because now this is really the last time he has leverage over anything. Like the world – it's in his hands actually. He can't, yep. he can't escape anything. Like if he – well, if he gets a, he gets hurt, which hopefully that doesn't happen. Or B, if he is ridiculous, like he has been the last couple of years for any which reason, who knows if anybody's gonna give him a max? Someone's get Sacramento's gonna give him a max, bro. If we I'll come back to that, someone's gonna give him a max, I think. But it is important for him if he wants to like maximize it for sure. Yeah, we're and you know while we're on the topic, like talking about situations and players on certain teams that are fun. I think a team with Kyrie and Ben and KD out the door, I think that if, you know, bearing that Kyrie does play and is motivated for this next contract, I think that'd be a super fun situation. I know I've brought it up countless times on this podcast, um, but I I was just, I was randomly first, you know, something I was doing with uh, UMass Amherst Radio when I was a, a student, the beginning of the 2019-2020 NBA season, I was in Brooklyn because I had to go to Barclays the next day. So I caught the, the home opener of the Nets season that year. And Kyrie was alone as a Brooklyn net that night. And he dropped, I believe it was 51 um, in his net Nets debut. And it was, it was one of the best single in-person athletic performances I've ever seen, not just basketball. I mean, it was, he is one of the best shows on the hardwood when he plays and when he's right-minded. Oh, yeah. um, so, so I think, you know, a motivated Kyrie, an untucked Kyrie, if you will, going for chasing that next contract. I think that'd be very fun. And if KD's not there, 
he has the keys, man. I mean, Ben Simmons not the point now, guard at that point. I have, a, I have a question for you. You talk about with KD not being there. This is just a hypothetical. Mm-hmm. I want both of you to answer. Say okay. that the team is underachieving with or with with or without uh, KD, and obviously maybe you have Ben Simmons, and Kyrie's playing at an all-star level because he wants that nice contract. Do they unload him at the deadline? And if so, to who? The Lakers. Because at that point, you could, re- you could reload with Ben Simmons. Maybe you don't make the playoffs, but you could retool that roster with Ben Simmons as your, mm. I guess, main player, if you will. Because KD wants out and Kyrie's on a in a contract year, you unloading his money off of the books going before the offseason even begins. I don't know why, but when you were when you were um, asking that, the, the the team that just came to mind, like I'd probably have to think about it more to have a better answer. But the team that came to mind is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Like I wonder if you send an SGA, a Lou Dort, and then like some picks. Or five first rounders. I mean, they have they have handfuls of them. And um, then OKC okay, so just lets him go to yeah, the market after. Kyrie, the yeah, Kyrie and Chet for the second half of the season, and then you know they're they're back where they're at. They they still have plenty of draft picks. They still have their guy Chet. Um, and then Brooklyn has SGA, Ben Simmons, and then you know a bunch of first round pick or a bunch of picks with with the role players they already got. I think that'd be pretty interesting. I actually like that. I'd actually watch Oklahoma City basketball for once. Yo, <laughs> him with, yeah, him with yeah, that used to Giddy. be my him second favorite Chet team. And Giddy would be crazy. Yeah, because Kyrie is the best shooting guard. About like, Giddy. If Kyrie was mm-hmm. if Kyrie was six five, he'd be the best player in history. Like he was six six, yeah. he'd be the best basketball player ever. He's the like the best shooting guard I've ever seen, but he's six one, so he, yeah. he can't be a real shooting guard in the NBA. It's just very unfortunate. Yeah, he like, learned to ha- he I'm learned sure how to pass people, by default. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure it's how people felt about Iverson watching him like in his prime too. Yeah. Not the same exact player, but That's Iverson would have been a great shooting guard. I thought Iverson before you even said his name. I'm like, well, <laughs> you do have Allen Iverson. Yeah, I grew yeah. up such a huge Allen Iverson fan. Like he's my favorite player of all time, so I get it. I'm like, if Iverson can embrace an off-ball role with Giddy in the in the almost that backfield backcourt, I mean, they could look pretty good even if they don't make the playoffs. Hmm. Yeah, man. Um, what did I, I don't know, Kyrie, I would think, I'm thinking of like a team that's like in the, like, what about the Bulls? Like, if you trade a point, you have an injured, off injured point guard right now that they don't really know what to do with, with Lonzo, his knees, like still iffy, whatever. And you could put together of like a Kobe White, um, Kobe White or, um, what, why am I blanking on his name right now? Oh my God. Io, yeah, Io DeSomo package of some sort. They've got they've got they have a bunch of pieces they could trade if they wanted to and put him with Levine and DeRozan. I mean, it's terrible. Yeah. It's not good defensively, that's for sure. Horrible, especially if they hold on to. But, <laughs> yeah, I think they, that they, offense they'd why, average like 140 I, a game. They just must have all mid range too. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> oh my god, all mid range, bro. DeRozan and Kyrie on the te- same team alone would be crazy mid range jumpers. Damn. Um, yeah, it would be I like crazy. that. Yeah, um, I, I guess the best part of this as a basketball fan, like, I feel like we got a whole bunch of information today. 
And the craziest part is we are still at square one where anything could happen. We have no, at least no we one has a clue. what the issue is. At least yeah. we never knew what KD's issue We could speculate about what KD's issue was, but we never knew what the actual issue was. Now it's it's a target has been named. He, mm-hmm. he like wrote it down, like on the like just just let, let it up, put a poster up, something. I don't know. Calling somebody out for a match. I don't know. Like whatever you want to you want to do. That's what KD did today. He's like, is that guy? He's like, that is my problem right there. Like. I have beef with him. Um, mm. Like I said earlier, like the first thing I said, I feel like it's Marks. It's it's got to be more than Marks than Snash at this point. And I'm sure Marks just doesn't want to. Like he he gave up so much to get this guy in here and do what he wanted to do to succeed. I guess um, I would be a little bit. I could see why they're contentious. It makes a lot of sense why they'd be contentious. I don't know which guy is right, but I get why they're not. Why they're I also saw high. something right before we hopped on saying. Brooklyn Nets willing to like willing to part ways if they need to uh, with Steve Nash in order to keep Kevin Durant. It's like, well, yeah, that's the most obvious statement of all time. But I think it's bigger than that, especially of what you're alluding to. I think it is more Sean Marks than Steve Nash. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I think best part about this, if you're an NBA fan and if you're, you know, kind of just waiting and a little sick and tired of all this, we have a little more information like what Jake just said. And like all the uh, obscene, not real possibilities and trade packages that we just went over, any of that potentially could happen still. So I think we're still we're still due for something huge to happen between, you know, any one, three of these guys or all three of them. Simmons, KD and Kyrie, that is. I think we're still due for a big Woj Shams bomb uh, at the end of the summer slash beginning of camp. So I guess we have that to look forward to. My last thing I want to say before we move on to, you know, the the pro-am games of the summer and all that madness, I do feel, and, and this this is coming from someone who loves to poke fun at Ben Simmons and loves to trash him when it's deserving, um, I, I feel a little bad for Simmons about that, that whole rumor that came out about him leaving the group chat after they asked if he was playing in game four. Like, some dude literally sat on a talk show just to make that up and then, you know, Hours later, after the internet already had a field day with it, um, you know, got reliable sources like guys like Shams and um, other tuned in basketball heads around the league came out and said that is not true. Uh, That didn't happen. So I do feel a little bad for Simmons in this. I think some of it he did to himself, but like ricochet shots like that on a day yesterday where it should all be about Kevin Durant, that that I don't know. I mean, I do know why someone makes it up for clicks, but. It, that's that's low to me. That yeah, I agree. All right, Johnny, you want to get into some of this summer stuff? Yeah, let me lock it in here, bro. Please I do. Play. All right. So I'm sure you guys. I know Jake and Amari are tuned in here, um, but we have some. I feel like, and maybe this is this just gets bigger every summer with um professionals and guys in the NBA going to play at these pro am games. The semi-professional, you know, the guys who are either amateurs or, you know, very good streetball players or guys who just work nine to five and love to hoop in their respected leagues. Um, but we see pros play every summer. Um, you know, it's it's good. I actually like as much as DeJounte has been acting up and we're going to get into that, how crazy DeJounte Murray's been since he got that bag from Atlanta playing in these games. Um, he had a quote that said, I don't really understand the scary ass part but he said get your scary ass out there and go play for the kids 
alluding to basically, you know, he's trying to encourage more NBA guys to go play in front of these kids who don't have to pay to watch NBA talent. Um, and I think that part's cool. And if that's why they're doing it, I, I, I'm, you know, all here for it. But that's not all of it. It's uh, That's not all of it. It's not all about playing for the kids. DeJounte Murray has been going wild, bouncing the ball off random dudes' heads, going at <laughs> Paulo Banchero in-game and on the internet afterwards. Uh, yeah, this is this meme is awesome. Uh, that I guess DeJounte has turned himself into a meme a little bit with these, but I, I want to get your guys' opinions. Do you, do you think it's corny? Do you think – He's trying to hype up his his own brand, his own stock. You know, now that he has a new team going to Atlanta, he's going to have a little bit more of a spotlight. Um, what do you guys think about DeJounte Murray and what he's been up to in these Pro-Amp games? I think this is DeJounte Murray's, like, true self. And he was with Pop, and he couldn't unleash himself. <laughs> That's a and good Pop point. was, like, locking this shit down. This is just DeJounte Murray just coming – given the receipts that he's been getting, bro. He's seen all the talk. And now he can finally be somewhere where he can just like, like Atlanta's not gonna care. Trey's always talking. Like all those guys are always talking shit. It's the the Hawks, bro. Like we don't get we don't get Bing Bong without Trey Young talking shit to, to fans and everything else. So I think he's just embracing it. I think he's like letting loose. Yeah, I agree. Because I mean, when you're in San Antonio, there's a whole culture there. So I mean, nobody really has a personality when they're there, but. As far as the aspect of getting out there and seeing NBA players, you know, perform, you know, you don't have to pay anything. It's more of an amateur type environment. I really do like that because I like what DeMar DeRozan is doing, where he goes to different places and he's like, I might have a guest. And obviously the first one was LeBron. So for him to do that and then bring another talent with him, I think is really cool. I think it also will increase – more visibility and popularity to these pro-am events because, I mean, we've seen it. I don't think, for me at least, it's been as much of uh, being worthy in the news cycle since the lockout, and that was like 10, 11 years ago. So, I mean, for this to happen, I think it only encourages more basketball news during what could be a slow offseason during the summer. You know, get out there and play some games. You know, for people that want to see it, go to Drew Lee, go to Rucker Park. So, I mean, I'm fine with it. Yeah, it's, most, it, it's it's always been the most fun part of the NBA summer for me, like, just seeing the, remember there, There's so many, like, I remember so many hours on YouTube just watching all these highlight videos, like, from summer's past and everything else. It, it is a good time. There's been more, though. We've got – this summer has been eventful as hell. Um, yeah. This is only apparently – this is, this is hype, and I, I don't know if we should be worried about this or anything, but, guys, like – Harden, Harden having trouble here, bro. Ooh, yes, this is what I wanted to bring up. For those who are just listening and not watching, Jake just pulled up a video of Scotty Barnes putting the absolute clamps on James Harden for, like, what would probably be close to a full 24-second shot clock. Um, he makes Harden pass out to the wing once, That's gets the, the ball back. Right there, yeah, oh my gets God. the ball back, gets clamped up again, and then throws up an absolute brick. And Scotty Barnes is hyping himself up, you know, respectfully. So, I mean, he he earned that. And then even after the play, yeah, Pascal comes down and scores on the other end, and Barnes is hyped the whole video. What a run! What a what a that would be crazy to be at. Seeing I don't know. Just in a pickup run. 
That might be a carryover trying. from the Sixers Raptors series. This, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nick Harris is probably there talking a bunch of shit, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I didn't know what the most important thing to draw from that was because here I am like a month and a half ago when Harden said, you know, he's, you know, he's putting in the toughest offseason workouts he's ever done. He took the pay cut. I was like, damn, are we are we about to get Houston Harden back this year? Um, and he's highly motivated. He wants a championship. I had kind of flipped my thinking on James Harden for a little bit. And obviously it's one clip. This is me overreacting. This is me doing what the rest of the media does. Um, but after seeing that, I'm like, okay, well, Scott, he just got locked up by Scotty Barnes basically twice in the same possession in just an open gym run. How good could Harden's offseason training be going right now? And then on the flip side, I'm like, well, Scotty Barnes is damn good. I've been high on him since college. Maybe he's just, maybe we're just seeing Scotty Barnes turn into like a baby Kawhi right in front of our eyes. So I didn't really know which way to lead. It could be a little of both. It could just be that neither of them were, you know, or James Harden wasn't really trying that much. It is, you know, just an open gym. Harden's lost, bro. That's what it is. He's done. I think that They're could be done. it. I, I think he's done. I was I saying that last playoff. Last I thought he was Me done. Me too, yeah. yeah he's, he's looking rough. <laughs> In the playoffs. I, don't, I don't know what to expect out of him anymore. You can yeah, only so take got, so many setbacks. I think it's just he ran out. He had we got guys out. like DeJounte, DeJounte Murray acting a fool, you know. Him, him dunking on Paulo. I think that was sick. Him taking it to IG afterwards too much. Um. Yeah, this is this is the next thing I was gonna bring up. I was gonna say it's not all bad though. Like, we got guys like Kyle Kuzma coming out here dropping sixty-seven points, fourteen rebounds, and nine assists. Was that say in the Powder League in Utah? The Powder um, League, yeah. So yeah, it's not. It, it's you get a little bit of everything with these games. You get the, you get the shit talking. You get two NBA NBA guys going at it. You guys got you got guys like Kuz who who don't really have a care in the world. He's just going out and getting his. Like he, he knows he can do this. I feel like he believes he can do this every NBA game. That's just the t- the the Kyle Kuzma confidence right there. Um, and then he de- he flips <laughs> flip side. This is the New York Knicks for you folks. Obi Toppin, Jalen Brunson, new 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 York Knicks, Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle all teamed up for a pro-am game and they lose by I put 18 here I think it was 13 though. I'm going to fact check myself I, um, I believe it was th- regardless I mean three guys who are on the same NBA team lost in like a semi-pro uh, league game by 13 points yeah it was 13 that that just can't happen ever and the fact that it just gets out there Cause you know they had a group chat like that morning, and they're like, "Okay, we're gonna go to this pro am game. Yeah. You know, we're gonna get buckets. It's gonna be all lobs to top in. Like, let's go!" And in the playoffs like, too, bro. In the yeah. playoffs, it wasn't even just a game, bro. They no, lost yeah. The they brought them in. They're like, "We got the big hitters tonight. We're gonna move on, bro. We're set." And then they lose. Could you imagine how mad the dudes that regularly play on that team are? Like, we brought in three New York Knicks, and we lost by thirteen. Like, and not only did they lose by 13, again, the people who are just listening and not watching right now, the two dudes on the opposing team, two dudes on the opposing team put up 40 pieces, and the highest out of Obi, Randall, and Jalen Brunson was Obi Toppin with 25 points. 
So Julius Randle they got outscored. He averaged 19 points in the NBA, and he averaged he before scored 18 points in this game. He's consistent, bro. Consistently average. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I know John Collins had a very disappointing performance when him and Trey Young teamed up at a pro am game. Uh, I believe they lost as well. So yeah, John, I mean, Collins, John Collins ain't locked in, bro. I don't think it's it's the summer of the nine to fivers, man. Because even those dudes <laughs> who were getting worked by LeBron Shout James, out Bonaventure, Dion Wright, Western New York, gave love. That guy, Let's I go. remember. I remember watching him in the tournament, and then I realized who it was. I was like, oh shit, yeah. Have family to go bonaventure. He did. That was. He looked so scared though against LeBron. He. He. I know yeah. he wasn't. He. I believe that he wasn't. But in that moment, I would he was be definitely terrified. I would be. <laughs> I would be too. I would be too. That. But that'd be the most excited I would ever be to tell anyone that I got cooked or dunked on or yeah. swatted or pinned. I would probably try to get a fast break layup and then beg for it on the fast break just to get pinned by LeBron James. <laughs> just, just walk it up yeah. and go slow. Yeah. I just float it up, try, uh, pretend finger roll just so just so he could Andre Iguodala me off the glass. But yeah, I mean, do you guys have any other closing thoughts here on the on the pro am drama or performances or any of that? I, want, I know we're missing a more. few guys. I I, yeah, me too. I kinda I want, want to go more. to one. we need like I wish there was more yeah. around the Boston area. These dudes need to set up a game where it's like some crazy rosters against each other in a pro am, like some like we need like a, a, a traveling a traveling pro am team yeah. or something. Mm. Yeah, we need a traveling team because we don't have any in Cleveland, especially not that I know of. But no. I would definitely love to go to a game or two. And there's so many like of those leagues popping up. Like obviously we've had the big three for a couple of years. We got that one on one league that I believe Tracy McGrady's creating. I think yeah. I think he's the one behind that. Yeah, that's gonna uh, be, I think that'd that, be. I want to see the one on the one on one league is more exciting to me than the big three, honestly, because it's gonna yeah, be he, different. But it's gonna be so interesting to see who the guys are that come through and like hmm. how they how they score. Like, is it gonna be it's like gonna guys be, that can shoot? Do like physical, it, just monsters? Like, it's gonna be crazy. Yeah, it's right. gonna be like more pickup style. Which I mean, mm-hmm. if you think about like pickup basketball, I mean that's pretty much everybody's first love because that's what you first start doing when you're a kid. So yeah, it's gonna definitely gravitate to a lot of people and, and definitely be popular. I think it'll take off. Oh yeah, yeah I think it's gonna have a ton love. of appeal. I can't wait. He uh he did a interview with part of my take not too long ago, and he was kind of you know, um just putting out putting out the word about his league and talking about it and they were asking him questions about you know how guys like bone collector and those those certain one-on-one street ball players would match up against nba talent and or like even ex-nba talent and he was like like those dudes would still get destroyed he's like you have no idea he 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 claimed he wasn't going to be performing in it but he was like, I, I would still give you know guys like bone collector the business and i i think i believe that but i think this this league will be a good opportunity for those guys, to, you know, to maybe shut him up and prove him wrong, and all the fans to tune in and and see what it really is to, you know, you have these pro dunkers, because um, that's something that's that's hot on YouTube and people love watching that kind of stuff. You have the the guys who are just strictly ankle breakers, and then you have you know the ex NBA vets or guys who were nasty in college who never really made it, and they can show their stuff. Yeah, I'm a, I'm super excited for the one on one league, and I think you're right, Amar. I think we need more of these pro am game popping uh, popping up everywhere. Right, Should, what's your uh, trade? That's what we're. That's what we need. To, I know. I was just gonna ask. Are okay. You, you look scared. What's gonna happen here? I I'm not scared. I think 
I think people are gonna maybe think this you're gonna is scare a, the people. A scary idea or a scary take. <laughs> All right, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna end the show with I just I had an epiphany. I had a vision today when I was walking around at work, and I have a trade proposal for the fans of the NBA here. I think this was would solve a lot of issues from both teams involved, from both players involved. Um, my trade that I think should happen before the season starts is I believe the Los Angeles Lakers should trade Russell Westbrook to the Phoenix Suns for Chris Paul. I don't think it would be a straight-up trade. I think L.A. would probably have to send a little more, um, you know, one, to make contracts work, and two, I, I don't think Phoenix would do that straight up. Hear me out. I'll start with the, the Lakers side because I think it's easy. I think Braun and CP have wanted to play with each other um, for most of their career, you know, if not toward towards the end of their career here. Uh, we know that they're buddies. It's the last person of the Banana Boat crew Braun hasn't played with, right? I mean, he's been yeah. with Melo. He's been with Wade. Um, and then, you know, obviously he became buddies with Chris Bosh this time in Miami. I think Chris Ball, Paul wants that ring, his first ring. LeBron James wants another one. I think the Los Angeles Lakers, they're, the problem their last two years has been they haven't had a real point guard or a point guard that fits well with LeBron James, I should say, because I refuse to slander Russ and say that he's not a real point guard. Um, so I think the Lakers side obviously makes sense. Why I think Russ would thrive in Phoenix and why I think he would be a better fit alongside Devin Booker opposed to Chris Paul is because I think a lot of times in close games or even games that aren't close but are big, I think they don't really know who their closer is in Phoenix, but it should be Devin Booker. I think maybe, you know, earlier on in Chris Paul's career, it could he could be the guy and he could run the show. I think Booker needs to step up and run start running that team. I think it's hard for him to do with Chris Paul there. Um, I, I think maybe even other guys on the team don't really know who who the alpha dog is. And I think just a guy like Russ, who is a step down from playmaking from Chris Paul, but really not that far off. If you've been watching Russ's whole career, he's a fantastic playmaker. He's averaged uh, you know over 10 assists multiple times in his career. I think he would thrive next to Devin Booker. I think – he shouldn't have as much pressure pressure to take as much shots as he had on any other team he's played for. And the best years of Russell Westbrook's career is when he has when he had Steven Adams as his center. You put him with a guy like DeAndre DeAndre Ayton, who's more athletic and a little more well-rounded than Steven Adams. I think forget about it. I think that pick and roll, I think that um one-two punch with Russell Westbrook and DeAndre Ayton would be unstoppable. I mean, look at the the player that he turned Daniel Gafford and Alex Len into in their time in Washington. I mean, those dudes were absolute nobodies. They're back to being nobodies now, and they were pretty relevant that year that, that Russ was going off in Washington because of the point guard that Russell Westbrook is. He did it with Steven Adams. He did it with those two nobodies. I think he would be electric with DeAndre Ayton. I think he's the perfect point guard to put next to Devin Booker, and I rest my case. Drop the pen on that one. Yeah. I was definitely I'm, interested to see your take on Phoenix because I could definitely see from the Lakers side, but I was right, struggling that's the to, easy to try to see the yeah, to try to see your point for Phoenix. But as you as you were saying it, I could definitely see it, especially with that pick and roll. 
because he'll definitely have options. He and they definitely have shooters too. Is right. as long as you don't have to give up those shooters to send to you know Los Angeles to try to sweeten that deal. But you know if they can keep those guys, he'll de- it could definitely work out. Plus, I mean I don't know. I'm I'm reminiscing here. If he gets back with campaign, who knows what happens? Yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about that wrinkle. That yep. yeah, that, that's another thing. And I, I guess the one the one last thing I forgot uh, to mention there was just his intensity. I think it's uh, and I'm not saying that the reason that Phoenix team lacks intensity right now is because of Chris Paul but I mean dude look at that loss they took to Dallas the way they went out in the playoffs this year like especially how good they were in the regular season that was embarrassing I don't I don't think a loss that bad happens or is even possible of happening if you have a guy like Russell Russell Westbrook on your roster uh I think that's just another thing he brings to the table and it's something that Phoenix is lacking yo to be honest like I think money wise, I would I wouldn't be afraid of pulling the rug out of Chris Paul earlier than later because dude, like saying, I said, I, I said it earlier, old point guards like he's doing injuries too. Shit. Yeah, we've seen it already. And the th- and even with Russ, even if it goes horribly, then they get out from under that money next year, mm-hmm. after next year, and maybe they could pay Aiden and make things right or mm-hmm. or get somebody else even like like you that that is. I'm, you guys have been making great points about that, and I feel like that's it's an the, interesting the question. Point. I was gonna say the question for me. We talk about Chris Paul and his injury history. You already got Chris, but you already have Anthony Davis. Now you're talking about bringing Chris Paul. Yo, AD's back, bro. AD's back. They said two, they said they're putting the offense through two injury prone guys that are supposed to be part of your big three. I mean, LeBron's gonna be out there again by himself, and we already know what that looks like. Yeah, I so mean, I think if you're Los Angeles, you got to think about that too. Well, they know Bron's coming to Cleveland next year anyway, so. Uh, okay. I mean, were, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. I, I agree with that, Amari. I think, yeah, obviously, it's – I think there's a lot of things that would have to be tweaked perfectly for this trade to work. Um, and, yeah, I think if you're the Lakers, the way they have their team built, I think they already are, like, championship in the next two years or a couple championships in the next three years or bust because – I think just the way their team's constructed right now, that's kind of what their outlook has to be. And I don't think they really love Russ long-term. Uh, and it's not like he's like a, a, a young buck point guard. He's younger than Chris Paul, but uh, not much younger. So I think they're kind of in that arena anyway where they, they already have the old heads. I mean, they did it last year. They, their roster was basically a nursing home. Um, and now, and now they have this group. So I, I don't think it would be too far off if they bring in a guy like Chris Paul. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a hot trade, hot take trade proposal for a reason. I'm gonna clip it and then hopefully get made fun of all over TikTok and Instagram. Uh, but yeah, that that's my trade proposal. I'd love to see it happen. Hey man, I crazier things have happened. That's for Look, sure. He wants everything. He wants he wants KD in Boston. He wants Russ in Phoenix. I mean, so, my goodness. Kate, Russ and Phoenix, Lakers, banana boat reunion, D-Wade sells his stake in the Jazz, comes back to the Lakers. Are we going to OKC? Just one more step. Yeah, it's just one more. You know what's going to happen? KD gets traded just to OKC, and then Russ forces his way out, and then next year is the reunion. It's like he's just – we know where he's going. He goes, tries to maximize it out. Well, and then Tabo Cephalosha comes Harden, out of retirement. James Harden is only what a two-year contract with a player option. Mm-hmm. Get him in OKC too. 
Just bring, him out, bring everybody back. That James Harden would need in OKC. He'd have to like James would literally have to like funnel people in from like different cities. Well, he has the like, money. He can build pay. one. That's what I mean. He's gonna like he is going to fund this op. He would have to fund his own like strip club empire in Oklahoma City. I feel like that was a major problem for him. Or maybe it was just like when he showed up because he went to Arizona State, right? So man yeah. partied, man partied like crazy in college for sure. And then probably shows up to OKC and is like what the fuck is going on here? And then he goes to Houston, and I imagine that has to be an eye-opening experience even for an Arizona State grad. Houston, yeah. a different level, you know? But he, he was well-prepared. He really was, because I imagine that dude was getting after it for four years or however long he was in college. Not with a yeah, beard, man. though. He looks, he did not yeah. have like yeah. a beard. No beard. He looks, it's a shocking look when you see him without Weird as hell, man. Some uh, Twilight Zone shit, seeing James Harden without his beard. All right. All right. That's it then, right? Yeah. We, we just hit an hour. That's perfect. I think, that's, yeah. That's I think I exhausted all the, the crazy NBA takes I can give out for the day. LeBron is going to the Cavs. That's my – that is – Yeah, that, that was the least crazy thing we said, happened. I think. I really <laughs> believe that's happening. That's why Sexton's not going to get signed, bro. They're, they're waiting. They want to get rid of him somehow. Whoa. And they don't want to take money in. One last yeah, thing. Sure. I guess if, if we're saying crazy things in perfect worlds, how awesome would it be if KD did go to the Celtics, LeBron back to the Cavs, and we just we just fire up that rivalry all the oh, way again? I don't know if we could do this anymore. I'd, I'd hate the Celtics yeah. so much. <laughs> I couldn't hear you talk about this. I'd be, I'd be getting real mad over here like the Arnold meme. Just be like, yeah, poor KD. <laughs> If Katie went to the Celtics, bro, he might like. I don't sports hate a lot of athletes anymore because I don't know, like, it's not worth as much time for me. But Katie would be pretty close to Tom Brady levels for me if that happened. And he's the well, only. Man, it'd be level. weaker than the Golden State move because it was. It wasn't the team you just lost. The Golden to. State move I understood though. This one is just he's he's doing too much. Yeah, this one he's, he's not a free agent. He's Four years left, he's and he just got swept by these dudes. He's not adding to a team. He's trying to blow up a championship team just to get a spot on a team. He just to get away from his GM. <laughs> yeah, Katie it's Kyrie levels. Too. It's Kyrie levels of sabotage. To be honest, who knows, man? He's learning from the best. All right, stay stay locked in, folks. Stay tuned in to our show. Stay tuned in to the crazy NBA media out there. Believe, take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Believe <laughs> nothing until it's, <laughs> until it's in ink. Um, and yeah, stay tuned into these pro am games. You might you might just learn something about your favorite player. Mm-hmm. Have a great one, folks. Peace out, guys. <laughs>